episode, Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Coffee Mike's back. Hey, Ronnie. Silent Ron is shockingly silent tonight. For a little while. (laughs) Brother Bob's back. What's happening? And the soft, sultry sounds of Micah's back. (laughs) How's it going? Who's taking the place of the professor? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Not replacing. (laughs) I said not replacing. I said taking the place. (laughs) Yes. Warming the chair. Warming the chair. That's right. You got some shoes to fill. (laughs) What's a great word for warming? Yeah. Okay, moving on. I get, get back with you. Hey, can we, uh, we'll ask Carl next week. That's when right, he gets back. exactly. <laughs> Ron, will you read us the Bible verse this week, please? I will. I'm reading from the ESV, Psalms 121, 3 and 4. He will not let your foot be, be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So our topic tonight, even when we don't see it, he moves. It's kind of like the Waymaker song. Well, technically, it's a lyric in the Waymaker song, right? Yes. And I know that for me personally, I got to be reminded far too often of that point. That even when I don't see it, he's working and he's moving. Today, as of this recording, see what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Timestamp. I had a really bad day for IT-wise. And I got in the car and I said... I'm going to hit my play, my church playlist, my church song playlist, right? Not Caleb. And you play what you want me to hear. And the very first song is one that I needed right then. Yep. It's not really a great example of moving one. But. Sure it is. But it is. <laughs> it is. It is, yeah. yeah. You know, when people when people think God moves, they expect him to move in big ways. Mm-hmm. Mountains, not molehills. Right. God sometimes moves in little silent ways and works up to the big stuff, you know. And then because when, when the big stuff comes about, it's a big awe. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, even when you when you see the the small stuff that he does in your life, seeing working in your life, you still should be in awe of him. Yes, you should be in awe of God, no matter what, no matter where you see him, how you see him, you should be in awe of him. Mm-hmm. Oh, dollar to dollar to the offering plate, My bad, <laughs> fellas. I'll fix that. Like I, I think it boils, yeah, it boils down to really trust mm-hmm. because we don't always see him working and we don't always know the outcome. When the topic came out, I thought of the Elijah, the story of, story of Elijah and the woman that God has told 
this woman that eventually this prophet of the Lord is going to come and you're going to bake him a cake. Knowing that that was all that she had, knowing that, I mean, God didn't tell her the full picture. He didn't say, mm-hmm. I'm going to sustain the meal for you until the drought ends. Mm-hmm. He told her that when this prophet comes, you're going to feed him. Right. And she even tells Elijah that. She's like, I got just enough for me and my son, and that's it. We're going to die. Right. And, but <clears throat> but God didn't reveal her to her. And so, and so we, God is always at work in every circumstance, even including like your, your song choice. There's, there's times that that happens over and over and over again. And we see God working, even though sometimes we don't feel it because of our circumstance or because we're discouraged. We don't feel it. One of my irritations is we call it the 400 years of silence, you know, between mm-hmm. Malachi and Matthew. I mean, are we really saying that God didn't move for 400 years? I mean, of course not. Right. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of John that if he would have recorded every single thing that he did in the book, it wouldn't contain it. Right. There's no way that right. it could contain it. So, so you see God, God moving, and he takes these pauses sometimes. You know, we think of Samuel. When Samuel comes on the scene, they haven't, hadn't had direct revelation from God for, for a period of time. But God was out working at just that right moment to raise up Samuel. And so, and so there's circumstances in our life that, yeah, we don't feel it. We don't see it. We don't always understand it. But it boils down to the trust factor that we yep. just trust him because he is sovereign, and we place our our complete trust in him. That's hard to do. Right. To place complete trust in something is hard. Yeah. It's not easy. And well, it's crazy oh. that you bring up Elijah with them because like he had to show him yes. in the cave before yep. he even went yes. to her. Yep. Right. And that's the, in a big way and in a small way, mm-hmm. the big way was, you know, look outside and yeah. see all this stuff. And it's all roaring, and it's all loud. But I'm right here. Yep. Right? It was just a whisper. Just a whisper. Mm-hmm. Just think about the, just think about the the trek he had to make to the to the lady's place. That was yeah. what forty days. Forty yeah. days and forty nights. Right. Forty days, forty nights. You know, yep. so you, you really don't. You really don't. It doesn't really say that God moved or talked to him within them forty days and forty nights. But you know he had to, yes. because he made the forty day, forty night trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing is, is we just don't uh, we just don't understand that God is there for us all the time. We don't just because we don't feel Him all the time, or just because. And I think the reason we don't feel Him all the time is because we choose not to. Mm-hmm. We allow we allow the world to to scale our hearts, and we allow it to uh, take our focus off of Him. And when your focus when your focus becomes else, elsewhere instead on him, yep. he steps back. He's a gentleman. He's going to let you do what you need to do until it's time for him to step back in and show you where you went wrong. Mm-hmm. You want to right now? God's moving when you don't see it. You want an example of that that just happened right now? Sure. So at the end of this month, I'll be doing a sermon at Redeemer. <clears throat> and I text out today because God put two on my heart to decide what I needed to do, pray about. Anyone know what one of those was? Elijah. <laughs> Elijah in the cave. 
So, yeah, and God and God uses those. I mean, and you weren't the one that I text for clarification, right? <laughs> but God does use those things. Like, I mean, like you sent out in the group chat, you know, that text message, that phone call, that someone comes up and saying something, or what we just talked about, us bringing up Elijah and talking about that circumstance and those that story. Or that account, excuse me, it's mm-hmm. not a story, but that right. that, 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 that biblical account. that yes. biblical account, and you know God God reveals to us in ways that we wouldn't expect. We got to be watching for it, because I think most of the time, the reason why we don't feel God's working is because we're not looking for it. Exactly. He's 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 working, but we're not seeing it. We're like Samuel that runs into Eli and says, "Did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed." You know, three different times. Finally, Eli wakes up and says, "Hey, this is this is God talking, and mm-hmm. speak, Lord, your servant, your servant heareth." And he and he hears hears from God. And I think sometimes we do that. We run in and go, "What? Did I really hear that? Did I really recognize that? Did I? Yep. That that can't that can't be right." And then later, it kind of knocks us over the head like a ton of bricks, and we go, "Oh yeah, that was God speaking." Mm-hmm. Or another example is like when somebody that you haven't seen or you don't see often, yeah. And you see him like two or three times in one week. Yeah. There's a reason why. There's times that you're you're preaching a sermon, and you guys know this as well, that somebody will come up afterward and go, man, you were talking right at me. No, the Spirit was talking right at you yeah. because this is the yeah. the sermon that God laid on my heart, heart to preach. Yeah. So. yeah. I was preaching to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were just in the room to hear That's it. right. Exactly. Yeah. That's pretty much right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, because 99% of the sermons that I do, they for me. Yes. Yeah. One way or another. I mean, you know, like you said, they're, them other people's just in the room here. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a standing joke when I when I preach to to our congregation and I, and I say this quite a bit. It's like this is one of those rec- this is one of those sermons that I should hit a tape recorder and shows you my age, right? Hit a ta- hit a tape recorder and and um, record it and then play it back for me because it's really like you said it's really really yeah. for me and really for my learning. So. You know, and, and that that's why he has me study them sermons out because it's it's definitely for us yes. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, I mean, he laid that on our heart, but yet he's like, I'm going to lay this on your heart, but I need you to study it out. I need you to go through and check check everything. Just look at everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Look at how I've done this. Look at how I've done that. You know, yep. look at how I'm working in your life right now. I need you to convey that so I can show other people that I'm working in their lives also. Right. Well, that's just like... Bob, I know you and I talked about it because you were there, but the um, Sunday I did a past Sunday I did a sermon on Zacchaeus, and it just got put on my heart. And I wanted to, me being me, I wanted to dive into it, but I also wanted to tackle it as a sermon that hasn't been preached. To death, for lack of a better term, right? Like, I wanted a fresh eye, fresh approach on it. Not a new one, by no means, but... And later in that week, I had the Matthew 19 verse come up. 18, 19. One where the disciples are arguing about who's going to be on the right side when they get there. Who's greater than the other one. And who's greater than the other one. And Jesus calls the little kid up. Yeah. Right? And I was like, okay, but how's that fit into my sermon? 
So, like, I struggle with it, obviously, not trusting, like mm-hmm. you said. And the place that I preached at, I hadn't been before. Bob and Carl preached there quite often, but I had never been. And all I knew was that I needed to be here at this time and then go from there. And I'm still like, I don't know how this fits in. I don't know what's going on. Like, why does it have to be in there? I'm going to make you happy and Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it in. And I, and I put it in like for being humble. Like Zacchaeus had to humble himself and climb the tree to get close to Jesus. That's how I, you know, just Mm -hmm. like a kid, because back then kids were the only ones climbing trees. So we get there, and it's a beautiful church. It's got stained glass everywhere, and I love stained glasses. No matter if it's in a church, if it's in City Hall, like, I love stained glass. And I meet people, and we talk to people, and I get mic'd up, and they do their morning announcements and prayer requests, and the kids' teacher calls the two boys that are there to the front pew. And that's what she's talking about. And then she points over and says, look at this stained glass window there. And it's a picture of Jesus with a little kid on his lap. Who, I've been there for 45 minutes at this point, marveled at all stained glass windows mm-hmm. and didn't see the that window. One, yeah. <laughs> I looked at the window, but I didn't see it. And I was just like, okay, yep. I get it now. And that's just, my examples are here recently. I'm sure I can talk about it. Oh, I guarantee you look back, there's all kinds of them. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I look back before I was saved. And I can see where God was working in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's just a hindsight that he's allowed me to see. Because all the stupid stuff I used to do, well, I should have been dead. I, I really should. If I wasn't struggling with putting that into the sermon, like I wouldn't have noticed. I don't think it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. right? Like you got to look. You're mm-hmm. looking for it, and at that time, like it's almost go time, right? Like I was done looking mm-hmm. for it, and then it was like a ton of bricks that just hit me, mm. and I was like, okay, I get it now. Like the great theologian Carrie Underwood said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> great theologian. I like it. But you know what's, uh, what, I, what I find, how I seen God work through your sermon was, as you was doing your sermon, he was giving me different points that you wasn't talking about. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that uh, I won't be going this week. I think it's next week. I probably will hit on some of them points that you that I that God showed me that, which is what Carl hit on this past week, right? With some of the points that I did yeah. hit on, and uh, so I mean, there's there's several points as you was talking, God was saying, "What do you think about that, Bob? Hey, what do you think about mm-hmm. that?" Yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's true." I'm like, "How come you didn't give that to Ronnie?" <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, so. Through your sermon, 
sparked another sermon. Yep. So, and but that's the way God works. Absolutely, that's definitely how God works, right there. He He works off of Himself, yep. and He just keeps it rolling that way. And for the listener too, it works the same way because Absolutely. there's times that they can. They come away from a sermon, and somebody says, well, I got this out of the sermon, I got this out of the sermon, I got this out of the sermon, and they're all different. And you kind of go, well, were you in the same sermon? What, yeah. where, where were yeah. you? I mean, what's, or, but, it's, but, it's how God, but it's how God speaks to them in different ways through yes. what you said. So, yes. I mean, yes. God, God's working even through what you're saying, and it could be something completely different than the topic you're on that he speaks to somebody's heart about. Yeah, absolutely. I've had a couple of times. Somebody come up and like, I loved it when you said this and you did this. And I was like, I didn't say that. Yeah. Like, check tape. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. I'm not correcting them because that's right. what the Spirit ah, exactly. wanted them to do. You may not have said it, but that's, that's what they exactly. heard. Exactly. Yeah. So leave it alone. Just exactly. be like, as okay, long as it wasn't out of context. Just, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just agree and go on. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Ron? Yes. You're silent over there. I am. I, uh, just been sitting here listening and I mean obviously he's done a lot for me like Bob was saying earlier in the past but uh, here recently matter of fact Sunday I got hit pretty hard at church and uh, obviously he's moving because I thought I could take care of it myself and I've got something I've kept from everybody my whole life everybody my mom nobody knows just me and God of course and I thought I could take care of it I thought I could handle it well came up I'd, I'd have to say 17 18 years of age or somewhere around in there right at the end of high school and I've been carrying it and I'm 49 so that's a long time it is a long time to keep this from somebody yes. or from everybody. Yeah. You know, and I'd always justify it to make me feel good so I could keep keep moving. Well, Sunday sermon stunk. It hit me hard. I mean, it brought it up all back again. And obviously it's something I have not given to him, but Granted, same token, I have asked him to help me with it over and over and over. But somehow, I'm not saying he's not helping me because he probably is, but I choose not to take that help, evidently. You know, I, I look the other way. It's like I don't want to let it go. So, but so I like need, Bob always says, you put it at the cross and then go back and pick it back up real quick. Pretty much. <clears throat> and I mean, there'll be times where I can go, I'm like, I got this. And then I sit there and I pray with him. I was like, help me get through this, you know? And I'll go two or three days feeling good about myself. And then something will happen. Just a little spark of something. And it takes me back. And I'm really, really struggling with it. And I reached out to some people and I haven't got to talk to them about it yet. But like I said, it just scares me and it annoys me. To the point of where it's embarrassing. Embarrassing that you haven't brought up, or embarrassing well, that, that you. I can't control it. That's that's one thing. Okay. And that I can't leave it at the foot of the cross. You know, granted, 
I just, just want to clarify what yeah. you were. I just came to Christ two years ago. I can't be using that all the time, but obviously he was with me all my life. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when I try to let it go, something drags me back in. And my face is on fire right now. My ears are probably redder as a beat because they're they're burning. So it's like it's redder in Bob's face. It's uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel a lot of stress right now because all I listen and all I can think about is what it is. And I mean, some people would think it's not really that bad, but for me, it's bad. I think it's bad. Right. And I can't seem to I can't seem to get rid of it. And I don't know if that's why I always try to keep myself busy mm-hmm. so it can't take my attention. Uh, because when it does, it's so hard to get away from it, mm-hmm. you know. And like I said, I don't do it in front of nobody. Like I said, this is the first time I've ever, ever talked about this. That's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, my wife don't know. She will know if something. She, if she listens. <laughs> but... Uh, and I'm I, I'm I'm wanting to nip this in the bud because it's uh it's not I don't allow it to affect my home life mm-hmm. per se with my wife and my kids and my family and my friends. I uh, I just let it eat me up inside on my just myself. Right. Because for a long time it was it's been a burden that's just been mine. And now I'm trying to give it to God to help me through it, but yet I'm having a hard time releasing the reins. So, but I know he's with me. I mean, it's gotten a lot better since the beginning. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sunday sermon just brought it all back and made you feel guilty even more. Pretty much, because I kept questioning myself: Have I really laid it down? Right. I mean, do I really want to lay it down? Which I do, but yet at the same token, you know, your my actions, heart, my heart, action speed. That, speed yeah, my heart says yeah. lay it down. My head says, oh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay, just a little. You know, and I'm like, I don't want any of it. But with uh, society and everything else, it's just hard to uh, stay away from st- it. Extinguish it totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob, I know you're chomping at the bit over there. No, I, I was, see it in your eyes. Yeah, I am. Uh, you understand that whatever you're, whatever you're harboring in your heart or whatever you're stressing over or warring with God on, however you want to slice it, you say it's not affecting your home life. It's not affecting your I, friends, but it is. I'm trying not to let it. I understand, yes, I understand, but it's, it's going to affect because, like Cole said on Sunday, any sin that's in your life is going to fester. It's going to be just like a, a, a piece of cancer that's just going to keep growing and keep going until you treat the problem. I know, and that's, it hit me hard Sunday, and I just couldn't. You know, you'll you'll be like you'll be like the queen. With honey and sugar, on on her toothpaste. On her toothpaste, yeah. She'll br- you know she brushed her teeth all them years, and what ended up happening? 
she ended up rotting her teeth out. And the kingdom followed her. And that's the way it works. I mean, it's it's sweet. It seems like it's sweet and okay at the time. But then after, it's like total guilt. And I'm like, gosh, dang, why can't I let this go? Why can't I get rid of this? You know, and I'm telling you, there's several occasions where I'll sit there and I'll just, I mean, I don't know if it's actual, I just sit there and talk to God, like, tell me something here, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and then, like I said, Sunday, he told me a lot, you know, it hit me hard. And that's why I was like, well, obviously I can't do this alone because if I could, I'd have done gotten rid of it. You know, 18, well, let's say, let's say eight, 19 and I'm 49. Well, that's 30 years, 30 plus years that I've kept this to myself. And it's a wonder I'm not rotted away like the teeth. <laughs> In a sense, you are because you just keep letting it eat at you. And it's, it's going to keep eating at you until you give it to God and you absolutely leave it at the foot of that cross and allow God to take care of it. In a sense, just because you're dragging it back, that means you're not trusting God with it. You're not trusting God with, with whatever it is that's going on. I get it. That's what, yeah, Cole, know, Cole slapped I, me in the face with that I too. Know, I know, but th- like Micah said, trust is where it's at. We've got to trust him. We got to trust what he's got for us. We got to trust that he is. If if we can trust him and 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 we can trust him with our salvation, with it's, our everlasting, why can't we trust him with our everyday life? I know that's where I'm at. Because I do trust him. I feel like I trust him and I love him, and I feel his love. But at the same token, this one thing just gives me second thoughts. You know where I'm at. Am I truly where I think I'm at? Am I fake? Because I don't want to be fake. You know what I mean? I I don't. And it it kills me because, you know, and then I feel bad sometimes. Well, a lot of times probably. Like if somebody says something and I'm sitting here correcting them and I'm like, I'm not the one that probably should be doing this. I can't even correct myself. But yet I'm telling them. What I've been told, so I know it's right, but yet, am I the right one to be telling them? Like the old cliche, right? Practice what you preach type thing. <laughs> so it's making you feel like a hypocrite. <clears throat> yeah. Pretty much, yes. But that's, that, that is exactly what old boy wants. He wants us to feel so incomplete, so inferior, that we're scared to talk about anything. You know... <laughs> Well, this is the only thing that I'm that really gets me. I, I mean, I'm pretty much an open book, and I'll say what I want. But this thing right here that's eating me up, like I said, it's about the only thing that nobody knows about me. And it's and you put yourself up on Alcatraz because you think you're the only one yeah. that has that issue. That's true because there's other people that have the issue, and I've heard them say it. You know, but. For me to be where I supposedly am and who I love and all that, I should have this at the foot of the cross, and I just cannot leave it there for some reason. So how valuable do you think you are to God? 
At this point? Any point. Well, what do you think God values at? What, what, what's his value on you? I don't have a clue. Well, sure you do. Because Jesus took it to the cross. Well, that's true. And I, yeah, I and mean, that's, you're, you're that's, that, that's you're my that valuable because well, that's he, my killed, hope. he killed his own son for us. And that's, that's, that's all. I, that's, that's what I that's cling our value. to. Well, and that's what I cling to is Jesus' walk, Jesus' torture, him hanging on that cross. And I've said it before, whenever I'm in a bad way, I go back to that. Thinking what he did for me, knowing it was going to be painful, mm -hmm. knowing he was going to go through pain, getting hung on that cross, and still die for me. But yet here I am, saying, mm -hmm. "Well, thanks, but no thanks." Right? You know what I mean? I get it. I mean, and, I and, and us just talking to you about it doesn't mean that it's easy. No, because it's not. It's not. It doesn't matter if it like I don't like I. For totally. one thing, for the record, I don't it know takes, what it is, but like it takes a lot of my joy. Yeah, you know, it takes a lot of my joy knowing what he did for me or for all, and you know, giving my life to him and all that. And I feel like, dang that, I feel like I'm cheating him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because I say. And I try to do, but yet I got this one thing, and I just try to justify it like, well, it's just this one thing. Mm -hmm. But this one thing, and you know, you've heard me say it before, when I walked before God, oh, sorry, I don't want him to say, get away from me because I never knew you for this one thing. I don't think he'll do that over that one thing. Well, for one thing, you're already one of his children. <clears throat> I mean, it's this is just something that you've got to work with with him, and you got to allow him to take care of it. We can sit here and talk to you all day long. We can tell you all the right stuff, but until God tells you the right stuff and you trust him. That's when it's going to go away. And that's when it's. That's when everything is going to become clear to you, and your eyes will be open to it. If if that's clear as mud. Are you getting? <laughs> but mud's you know, not very clear. Exactly. <laughs> you know they they was talking about girl got baptized Sunday and ah, they used a word that I really have not. I really uh, I'm not really a fan of. Mm -hmm. Mike, for the record, since part-time Mike, I mean Schmike, who's not here tonight, when they said that word, we both like looked at each other. Like as soon as they said it, we were like, "Oh, where's Bob at?" I know his ears perked up. Oh, they did. I'm like, "No, it's not. It's not that. You're undeserving. Yes, but you are worth everything because Jesus says we are. He hung on that cross for our worth." He was our whipping boy. He took what we was supposed to get. Mm. So he deems us worthy. He deems us worthy. He deems us very valuable. If not, he wouldn't have done that. So any problem that we got here on the earth, he can take care of it. We just got to trust him to do it. 
Coffee mic. You've been silent mic tonight. <clears throat> you um, pondering? No. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> I'm in a weird spot and have been for quite some time. And I think hearing the word trust over and over again from Bob and from Micah is probably where my problem lies. You know, you say if you keep your eyes open, you'll see God move. Well, I thought I was. But even if my eyes are open and I'm not trusting, I'm not going to see. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's why I was hesitant to even come tonight. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I've said absolutely nothing, so. Well, no, but sometimes just hearing. Right. Sometimes few words are mighty words. Very true. Yeah, because what you said right there may have been the same thing somebody else was mm -hmm. going through as well. They needed exactly. to hear. Absolutely. Well, that's true. Absolutely. I just. Because there's a lot of people out there that have that same trust issue. Because look at me, I just told you. I just told you mine. And that has to do with some kind of trust. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we obviously we all struggle with it in our own ways. But we just don't see it because we're blind to it. And obviously I was blind to mine. Yep. As well as you're stating that you're possibly blind to yours. I'm, I think I am because for 20 years, like I've said in the past, pretty much had no need for God. Because I, I viewed him as the reason that my life went to complete crap, as Will likes to say. And Who's also not here. And part-time <laughs> Will as well. But, uh, you know, at this point in my life, I'm just tired of the struggle. And I've had enough. It's like the Rocky analogy, right? Like, you know the Rocky analogy. Of, it's not how many times you get knocked down, it's how many times you get back up. But sometimes, sometimes, you just want Mick to throw in the towel so you don't have to. And see, I just now told you, I just now told you what I just told you about the trust thing. And now I'm sitting here stewing like, it shouldn't have came from me <laughs> because of where I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, How can I sit here and tell him this when I can't do it myself? When I struggle with it myself? It makes me feel like, you know, what's that? Calling a kettle black or whatever, you know? Hot calling a kettle black. Yeah. You know, how can I sit here and tell him what I just told him with where I'm at with the same issue? Well, I'll tell you both right now. <laughs> Well, that sounded a little. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'll tell you both right now. If I let my trust issues go, I wouldn't hardly ever speak about it. I wouldn't speak, period, because I'd be afraid that I was going to say something wrong because I'd be a hypocrite. That's one of my greatest fears as well. Proclaiming to be something, but not being that something. And. That's been a struggle I've been but having. We, we all fall short. Yeah. Well, I know. I remember those podcasts about giving yourself grace first. Mm -hmm. I get that. It's just hard. It's very hard. Yeah. And I, I, hey, 
I get it. I just... And if you don't, I mean, where are you at in your walk with Christ? I mean, if you don't get it, if that makes sense. I mean... Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> you ain't out. <laughs> I mean, the Bible tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season. I mean, if it wasn't, we wouldn't struggle with it. I mean, if sin was portrayed and ugly and nasty, it'd be easy to stay away from it. But because of our natural fleshly desires, we're drawn to, to that, and the Bible says the end is destruction. And so we all struggle with things. We all have those things that Ron's talking about in our life, whether they're spoken or not, we all have those things that we struggle with. And, and I think you said it perfectly several times. I can't do it on my own. Right. And you're right, you can't. You can only do it with his help. You can only do it by giving it over to him and saying when those situations arise and that keeps rearing its ugly head, we go, God, please, please forgive me once again. Knock this down, knock this down. And just we put it in his hands and we work on it together. You and God work on it. That's what I mean. Work on it together. You know, maybe find somebody that you're accountable to. But I think, I think we get to that place in our life where we can't do it on our own. And we need the power of God to pull us out and pull us away from that. And until we fully release that to Him, which I know, again, like we've talked about, is easier said than done. I mean, it's great to spout that terminology off, give it to God. But the reality is once we lay it down there and say, okay, God, when this rears its ugly head, whatever that may be in our life, because we all do that. We all have things that we struggle with. Or you're not alone in that. Because we all have that. You know, Paul had that thorn in the flesh that he said, Absolutely. Hey, take this away, take this away, take this away. This ailment, whatever it was, a lot of theologians have different Physical, ideas. Yeah, physical or yeah, exactly. On what that is. But the reality is, he was begging God to take that away. And he struggled with it. And God said, My grace is sufficient. Yep. My grace is sufficient for you. And so there are things that we're going to struggle with because we are have that sin nature. And the Bible says in Galatians that that sin nature and the spiritual nature, they battle. There's this constant battle and war that goes on within ourselves between the flesh and the spirit. And, and, and my, my advice and my, my challenge for myself really is when those things happen and I'm tempted to fall back into that sin or whatever it is, Give it to God. Stop and pray and say, okay, God, help me help me get through this. And, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe it's accountability. Maybe whatever that is, find something, find an outlet. I am um, a, a good friend of mine in Tennessee that I, that I used to communicate with often. Um, we don't have that, those communications anymore, but he said, you need to find an outlet. And so now that it's getting cold, I'll know what I'll do, but... But me and my son, we go to the batting cages up there and we hit some baseballs. And that's, that's an outlet for me. I'm not very good at it, mind you, <laughs> but, but it's an outlet, you know, hitting, hitting those. It's constructive. It is. It's, it's something physical that gets me away from everything. I'm not concentrating on it. And, and it's different for everybody. Maybe it's not hitting baseballs. Maybe it's well, I was working on a car. A, well, I was going to get a punching bag. Yeah. I, I mean, was going to hang it in my shop. Well, and there you go. I felt that frustration. Exactly. I thought I could just go take it out on that punching bag, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly, because there has to be an outlet for us. There has to be that that physical outlet that's not... Exertion. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not exertion, but that's not 
going to draw us back into that into that sin. And the card yeah. thing is good. Yeah, too. I, yeah. I love. I mean, my go shop t- yeah, tinker in the garage. I mean, if that's what it is, then get out there and say, okay, I'm tempted to do this thing. I'm going to go out here and spend some time with God, tinker with the tinker in the garage, and and I'm going to I'm going to get away from it. And that's my that's my release. Um, you know, there's a principle in Ephesians that talks about put off, put on principle. You know, God doesn't want us to just put off something cold turkey. He wants us to put on something in his place. In other words, if I'm going to stop lying, I'm going to put on truth. Right. So I'm going to physically, actively start telling the truth. If I'm going to put off, you know, there's that, there's which we call put, put off, put on principle, what I call the put off, put on principle. They're in that, that passage in Ephesians. And I think that's where it, where it lies, where we get to that point where you're at. I can't do it on my own. I can't, and, and you're right. We need the power of God to, to help us through that. Absolutely. You know, that, that goes back to the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. When Jesus went to pray, I mean, he prayed. He was in so much anguish that yep. he was sweating blood. Yep. I mean, he was physically sweating blood. Yep. But what did he say? Not, Not my will, will be done, yep. but your will be done. You know, God, God wasn't going to take that cup from him. You know, because that was what God sent him here to do. Exactly. So, you know, our Savior went through just as much anguish, just as much sorrow, just as much whatever struggles that we went through, that we're going through, because there's nothing new. There's no new struggles in this world. Right. Mm -hmm. He's already already done them. He had them. And And the same temptations. Exactly. And the same temptations. And he's overcome them. And now all we got to do is allow him to help us overcome it. Let's pull the needle off the record. Final thought time. Mike, give me some wisdom. (laughs) Something I pray for often, Ronnie. Wisdom? Wisdom. Or a final thought. Throw that pearl out there. (laughs) Wisdom. I. I don't know. Like I said, I'm in a weird spot. We talked about God moving. And now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, perhaps this is how he's moving in my life. He's currently questioning a lot of things. And he's isolated. I'm isolating from everything and everyone. And I can't help but think there's a reason we fall into that state. But I know I know there's a reason. But am I smart enough to figure it out? That's kind of where I'm at. Well, instead of being isolated, put some people around you that might see some things that you don't see. I'm not afraid to hear what people have to say. Never have been. I know. I'm just saying. I'm speaking for me. Yeah. Right. Because well, the worst person that talks to me is me. Is me. Yeah, I agree. So if I'm only hearing myself when I isolate, bad deal. Yeah, that's true. Ron? Dallas Cowboy Ron? Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Uh... I want to read something, but I I, I don't want to. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna now pass. you got to. No, I'm gonna pass. You can't. Now you gotta read it. 
I wouldn't let Coffee Mike pass. Yeah, well, I tried hard. <laughs> Just read it, bro. It's all good. He's got big words, maybe that's why he's kind of no. that. Okay. No, but I understand why he's not wanting to read it. Happy is the one who learns to wait as he prays and never loses his patience. For God's time is the best time. I get why you didn't want to read that. Yeah. Brother Bob? I'm just actually going to finish the rest of Psalms 121 because it is amazing. It goes right along with what we just talked about. Verse 5 starts like this. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by, by day, nor the moon by night. And this, this verse right here, it just speaks volumes. Verse 7 does. The Lord will keep you from all harm. It ain't saying partly. It ain't saying just a little bit. He's saying all harm. Nothing can hurt you. Nothing can harm you if you're absolutely into him. And then it goes on to say, he will watch over your life. Verse 8 says, the Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So he's saying, you know what? I've got you. I will take care of you. Nothing's going to harm you. Nothing's going to come ill of you. All you got to do is trust in me, and I will take care of you forevermore. So, I mean, man, that just speaks volumes. I mean, there's nothing else I can say that that did not say. That's all I got. And the fact that he said it. Exactly. Just makes it even more. Absolutely. Well, I'll go, and then, Micah, you can go, and then, if you will, pray us out. Sometimes we're too busy to see God working also. Sometimes we're too busy to stop and even smell the roses or look at that stained glass window or listen to somebody. And there's a ripple effect, kind of like what Ron and Bob was talking about earlier. Just think if I was in Walmart, this is hypothetical because I don't go there. Right. <laughs> if I was in Walmart and I saw you and I just said hi and kept moving, what would your reaction be? Not good. No. What have I done? So now you think about sometimes we do that to God. Mm-hmm. There's your pearl wisdom you want it, Ronnie. So you don't have to be perfect. Just be present. That's all I got. One of my favorite verses is my favorite verse for not a not a reason that most people pick a favorite verse, but it's because it's hard. And it's in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 where it says, 
to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will guide your paths. That is so hard for me because I like to figure things out. I like to have things in order. I have to like, I like to, you know, I, I'm kind of like Ron where I kind of, okay, God, I'm praying for this. And I'm going to put it at the foot of the cross. But then if you don't answer in my, in the timing that I expect you to answer, I'm going to pick it back up. But it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will guide your paths. He will straighten your paths. He will lead you down the right direction. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Doesn't mean it's always comfortable, but it means that he will guide you and he will lead you, but to trust with all your heart. Not some of it, not halfway, not I'm going to, okay, trust a little bit, then I'm going to take it back. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That is so hard for me, but I, I love that verse because it tells us to look to him in every circumstance and in every situation. God, we thank you for the day. We thank you for this time that we can talk about your truths. And Lord, if we're honest with ourselves, we all struggle with certain things in our life, whether that's a sin or whatever that is in our life. And Lord, your word tells us to lay aside the sin that so easily besets us, that so easily gets us off track. And so, Father, tonight... As we've talked about this and we've made ourselves a little bit vulnerable tonight, Lord, I pray that you would just work on our hearts. Lord, that we would be able to trust you, that we would be able to lay things at your feet. Lord, be with all those listening as we wind this round table down. Lord, that the words that we've said would speak to them. Your words, not our words, but, but your words through us would speak to them and challenge their hearts and make them more like you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.